Welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series. And we're really excited to bring an episode to you today about praise and worship, uh, specifically what it looks like to have a praise and worship ministry, some things that uh, we need to be thinking about when we are uh, glorifying the Lord through worship and, and praise. And so we have a guest today, my dear friend, Eric Phillips, who is the um, praise and worship director here at Midtown Baptist Temple. And we're going to be having a conversation uh, about his history with praise and worship, uh, as well as some principles to guide us in terms of how to uh, lead uh, our churches in praise. And so we're excited about this. Eric Phillips. Howdy. It's good to see you. Yes. Good to be seen. Um, (laughs) We've known each other for a really long time since the uh, Kansas City Baptist Temple days uh, when we were both young and uh, snot-nosed running around with uh, Sam Miles. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And so uh, just to give some background, uh, I want to hear about how you ended up in praise ministry. Uh, I know you've always loved music and and probably it was an easy draw in that regard, but, um, but when we first came to Midtown in the early years of the church plant, uh, you found your way. You weren't previously really involved in the worship ministry at KCBT, were you? I was. You were on the Checkpoint Worship So team? glad it was memorable. <laughs> well, you know. So why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit how you got involved in praise and worship, how that began? Yeah, and if I could back it up a little bit more and just tell yeah. you my testimony, because I think it definitely ties into uh, even the philosophy of worship. So okay. in high school, uh, I was attending a different church, and uh, one of the pastors from KCBT was a teacher at my high school uh, Paseo High School, and he had a question and answer Bible study, mm. uh, and I attended that Bible study. I think I was maybe a junior in high school, and um, I thought I was saved. I grew up in a religious family, and we went to church every Sunday, and uh, I sang in the choir um, even at that church. Mm. Uh, but just through the course of that Bible study uh, and just being challenged with having a real relationship with God, uh, I recognized that I, I didn't actually know Christ. Mm. Uh, And I didn't want to make a decision for Christ because I felt like that would be like telling my friends, you know, that I'd been lying all this time, you know, because I was sort of this good Christian kid. It didn't do anything bad. And but the the Lord just the conviction every week from that question and answer Bible study and also just being amazed by how the Bible, you know, how relevant the Bible was and all the things that it addressed. I thought it was just the you know, the, the stories, sure. uh, the common Bible stories. So, so through that process, I, I made a profession of faith, uh, and I saw something in, in the people that were in that Bible study, uh, in the pastor, and I knew I wanted what they had. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I, I immediately started going to church, um, at KCBT. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because that kind of gives us the foundation for why um, I even believe to this very day that it's not the worship ministry that draws people, it's it's God. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I made a decision to go to KCBT having not heard any of the worship music, okay? Right. And then to, to get to KCBT and find, right, that it's, you know, Lily White, yeah. <laughs> in that sense, um, you know, not that that's maybe an exaggeration, but it was the music was completely different from anything. You're saying you grew up in a in a stereotypical black church, with all the, black, with black gospel music. Yeah. That's what I. That's all I listened yeah. to all day long. It's all I knew. Uh, and to get to KCBT and find the music uh, to be so different from that, mm-hmm. um, but you know what? It never once like I didn't have a problem with that because I knew God was working. And I just wanted to be a part of what God was doing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I grew to love the music and it was just, it was never a question in my mind. 
um, that I wanted to be a part of that. And so in, in getting the KCBT, um, you know, I started off, I didn't start off in the worship ministry at KCBT, I started out in the grounds crew. Um, so I did that and I did that for a season and I knew that was not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, all right, I'm gonna complete my commitment this summer and then I'm gonna move on. And so I moved on to the children's ministry and I did that for uh, two or three years working okay. in the children's ministry. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I saw the opportunity for, um, you know, we, we I was in the college ministry by that time and, and there was, there was two, there was a band, but there was a need for a second band. Uh, and that's how I got involved in the worship mm, ministry. Yeah. And so fast forward just a little bit. Um, Sam was called to the city uh, to plant this church. And I can remember, I can picture in my mind in those early days. Uh, first of all, I can feel the fact that we didn't have any heat in the middle of the winter. And so we're in the sanctuary. It's cold. There's 45, maybe 50 people in the sanctuary and it's you and Rosie, um, you know, in, in those early years, Nick Newfeld probably was involved. And there were some some guys that came over from uh, KCBT to help start that work that were on the praise team. Um, what was that transition like going from like a full robust team of worship people to being like you and a sparse team what was that transition so uh just a kind of point of clarification so when we came over i didn't come over to be a part of the worship ministry because it was we still had um a different guy leading at the time john d if you remember Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and so i wasn't actually officially a part of the of that particular band because that band was still intact they were still the the band that was leading um for the checkpoint worship ministry uh but then you know it god made it clear to john d that he wanted him still at kcbt and so uh, when John D, you know, announced that and shared that, then it was like, well, what do we do? And and that's how I got involved, uh, and even how Rosie got involved, if I recall, because neither one of us was were a part. We, there were two bands for for the Checkpoint Ministry, and I think Rosie and myself were a part of the other one. Um, right. And so so that's how that kind of formed. Uh, and then it's like, okay, let's let's you know, let's just let's go to work and trust the Lord. And and it was, um, you know, Rosie and myself, and Rosie being. Uh, then Rosie Driscoll. Then Rosie Driscoll. But, but yes. now Rosie Fife. Uh, now Rosie Fife. Mi- missionary. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it was just us, and then uh, Mike Kinnicutt mm-hmm. would, would have would have been there, uh, and uh, so small beginnings. Uh, but you know, and then it's the the idea is just submit to each other. So there wasn't like a, a clear you know this person's in charge. Mm-hmm. It's that you know Sam made it very clear. Hey, I don't have peace about uh, necessarily any one person being in charge. I just want you guys to submit to each other and and um, follow the spirit of the Lord in in, in what you're doing and that's what we did and that's that's how i got started mm. and i mean obviously our worship ministry has changed over the last decade and uh it's grown and, w- and we've got a lot of moving parts which i hope to talk a little bit about i'm really hoping that we can talk about um, principles and some strategies yes and um but so at this point just to, to walk us through what does our worship team look like now versus then in terms of its construct so now versus then it's you know god has been adding people to our worship ministry over the years. Um, and so the focus has definitely been on on developing people. And, and to, to some extent, in order to develop people, you had to kind of move out of the way uh, mm-hmm. to do that. So in the early years, I just remember us being a part of everything and, and leading everything, you know, every um, every camp, every retreat, it was sort of the same people. Uh, but then you get more people that come on board. Uh, and in the process of time now, you know, I guess I should probably mention this is that I've probably turned away more people than 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 we brought on board, and mm. and for us, and this has just worked well for us. Uh, you know, our filter is discipleship. 
So you you get a lot of people that they're talented and they want to, you know, they play well or they sing well, um, but they don't necessarily have an interest in being a disciple Mm -hmm. uh, and making disciples. And so that's always been the filter. So we've grown slower at a slower pace, really, particularly when you consider the amount of people that have raised their hand and indicated interest in it. Right. Uh, You know, and I'll I'll have a conversation with them and explain our philosophy. So if you're going to be in the praise band, um, you know, you're more than welcome. Our practices are always open. So, you know, people are welcome to come to our practices, but we won't have you on stage until you finish discipleship and, um, you know, your your discipler has signed off on it. So that has always been uh, the the general rule um, for playing in the band. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's progressed slower in that sense. But I feel like that's also insulated us from a lot of the dysfunction that that can overtake the worship ministry or overtake overtake other worship ministries. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have, a, I think you have a higher level of maturity um, that you're working with. And we've been blessed with our location. You know, we're, we're near universities and Westport. So the sort of uh, artsy area. So we do get a strong influx of people. So we're not at a, you know, we're not in a position where we feel like, you know, we're, we're tempted to have to take people on that, yeah, you know, right. uh, I know not every church has that luxury, right. Depending mm-hmm. on where you're located, but we've been blessed to have a good influx of people. So we are able to put that requirement there. And, and, and so over the years it's grown. And, and what I've trusted the Lord to do is that as, as people that are talented and, and have the right mindset and a heart for discipleship, um, you know, become available, then let's see how we can trust the Lord to use these giftings uh, to bring glory to him. Right. You know, so like today we have a spoken word ministry mm-hmm. uh, and and God's using that. And we have um, people that are that love to write poetry and, and, and love to speak. And so as we see those things emerge, uh, we want to trust the Lord to find a way to use it. Yeah. And while you're speaking, I'm, I'm thinking... We really haven't even defined our terms yet. Yes. So like you're, we're talking about uh, what God's done to build out, uh, you know, a strong uh, praise ministry. But really, we haven't addressed what worship truly is. And I think it's important maybe right here where we can, we, I, I want to ask you to differentiate between the idea, the, the, the concept um, or the need for worship in a church. Um, and then more specifically, what praise ministry is um in light of in light of a a worship philosophy right so worship um being um one of the goals of discipleship Mm -hmm. uh is a lifestyle right so your entire life um you know you 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 live your life in worship to to christ and so that's a that's sort of an all all encompassing concept uh you know when you look at the definitions of worship uh, to bow down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so worship is something that is only reserved for God, and it's something that we should be doing with every aspect of our life, right? right? So I, I should be worshiping in, in my job, doesn't matter what I'm doing, whether I'm a doctor, lawyer, whatever. Um, and in, in my friendships, there there should be this, this posture of worship. Um, it's all for the Lord, for His glory. So that's right. worship. Right. Uh, and then praise is a subset of that, and it's a, it's a particular manifestation of worship, right? So mm-hmm. it's this, and it has an, an, an audible quality um, where we are using our, our giftings um, to, to audibly uh, praise the Lord and worship his name. And so that would be the distinction. Okay. And so, you know, throughout the years, you've, I mean, you've led worship, like you're the worship director at our church. And so that means that you have say in even the, 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 um, you know, fine art that we hang up in the church and other ministries, whether it's poetry or, and so you're, you know, you're responsible for 
leading us in a charge of, of worship. Um, but more specifically, the majority of your time is spent developing, you know, a praise ministry, which you've already uh, described for us a little bit. Can you talk to us about some of the things that, you know, in that all of those years that you've spent in praise ministry specifically, what are some of the things that you've learned along the way that you could share with us? I know you mentioned you have some principles that guide uh, our praise team. Uh, yeah. So the one thing that comes to mind, and I'll, I'll share the principles with you, but the one thing that I've seen over the years is I've learned to um, value faithfulness above skill. Mm. Um, and, and that's really important because if somebody is just faithful, right. And they're just consistent and they come to every practice, they show up on time and they invest. It's, it's amazing how far they can develop in even six months or even a year of just faithfulness mm -hmm. uh, versus say someone who maybe is very talented, but not dependable. Right. Um, and so faithfulness is a, is a critical component. And I've learned to appreciate that in people. Um, and, and to, in that sense, uh, give people time to develop. Now we do have to have some sort of basic expectations in terms of skill, skill level in order to participate. But uh, to, if you can look at it through the lens of faithfulness, it's like, you know, uh, I see where this person can be um, if they continue to be faithful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that's my story in a sense. I, I, I grew up um, loving music, but not technically being formally trained. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't trained. As right, a, I don't have a degree in right. it, uh, but I was faithful, right? Um, and, and I've seen how God's been able to use that in my life. And there's still definitely areas that I need to grow in, right? I always feel like I'm the least talented person um, in, the, in the group, but because uh, we have so many people that are very well trained and mm -hmm. praise the Lord, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's an awesome to, to serve with them. But uh, this is why uh, faithfulness is, in my opinion, uh, critical. And it's something that I uh, place a high value on uh, yeah. In terms of of the worship ministry, so do you want to you walk you through those principles? Too? Yeah, I want to I want to hear about the principles because um, the little bit we talked about it, it sounded like something that people would benefit from hearing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the first principle, they're 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 phrased in terms of bees, like be this. Yeah, so that's very Warren Wiersbe, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, got to learn it from somehow, right? <laughs> um, so the first one is that with worship ministry, it should be only for God's glory, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and I think that's important because obviously you look at Satan in his position um, before the fall as a, you know, the sort of worship leader. Um, and for for worship people that are involved in worship, I think we always have to be evaluating what our real motive is, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 whose glory is this for? Uh, and and putting that before the Lord to make sure um, that it's it's only for his glory, right? right. Um, and so that has to be the filter in song selection, right? Whose glory is this for? Uh, most of the songs I like never make it to the stage, right? Um, you know, never make it to to a congregation because it's got to be for God's glory, right? Yeah, it's not pointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you know that that has to be the filter and that has to be our our trajectory in terms of what we want as a team is we want it for God's glory. So for someone who's not familiar, I mean, so we're talking about exclusivity in terms of the the direction that our worship um, is, and you you briefly mentioned. Lucifer. And for people who might not be familiar with that that narrative in scripture, will you walk us through why why Lucifer is such a great lesson in terms of praise and worship and and the direction that our worship should be pointed. Yes. So there's two passages that are important to our understanding of this. Over in Ezekiel, and I'll just kind of share it with you, Ezekiel chapter uh, 28, um, verse 14, speaking about um, 
speaking beyond the uh, the individual in the passage to Satan. Um, we'll start in verse. We'll say we'll start in verse twelve. So, son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was I covering the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day thou thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so... um, Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou was. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Uh, verse fifteen. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. So it describes uh, Satan here as as being this perfect being, and and you see these these gems and these stones, and so mm-hmm. it's like this this beautiful. Um, worship leader, right? The anointed mm-hmm. cherub that covers. And then Isaiah chapter 14 um, describes really for us what the issue was. So Isaiah 14, 12, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And here it is. I will be like the most high. Mm-hmm. And so uh, pride, envy being the issue. And so that I think that is a a, a temptation that could be a temptation for anyone um, that that's in a position that's visible particularly obviously worship ministry being mm-hmm. that you're leading a congregation and you, you never want to get to the place to where you you think that what is happening is because of you right, right. right. Um, or because of anything that you've done um, you know God has just been incredibly gracious to us and, and mm-hmm. merciful to us and what he's blessed us with um, but it's God that's doing it it's certainly not right. not and, me and being on stage make makes it uh, difficult uh, it makes that more of a temptation I, I assume is you're in in front of everyone you seem to be leading uh, what's going on it's it's a slippery slope perhaps it's it, it is and it, it could be I think the 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 thing that we try to focus on and 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 this is even something that that pastor Sam has shared with us and it's it's been great advice is that as much as it's possible when we're up there our goal is to just worship, mm-hmm. right? So we do a lot to prepare uh, and to get things, you know, chord progressions and let's work out these intros and let's work at the dynamics and things like that. But when mm-hmm. we're up there, as much as is possible, um, the goal is to just worship. And yeah. and and how tragic would it be, right, if if everybody's engaged in worship except yeah, the, the worship meeting. team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I say that with one caveat, you know, they're they're depending on your your what you're doing. Sometimes there is a, a need to be focused on the the work at hand. You know, making sure uh, you you get certain things right. And yeah, so, a you complex know, part. Or, yeah, yeah, right, right. Like I can't just close my eyes and raise my hands. People are actually expecting musicians are expecting direction from me, right? Yeah, right. And so things actually go wrong if I do that. <laughs> so we've got um, worship needs to be directed towards God. It needs to be always about God. Mm-hmm. Okay. What other principles do you have? So it, it needs to be spirit powered. 
Okay. And and what that means is, so it's for God's glory. It needs to be for God's glory. It needs to be spirit powered. And so that has to do with just the walk of the worship leader with the Lord, like intimacy with Christ, right? Mm. Uh, and so we, we can't just go through the motions of singing something and there's no actual intimacy uh, between us and Christ. And and I think as we grow in our capacity to worship with our lives, mm-hmm. then, then what happens on a Sunday morning or at any particular service is really just an overflow of what God is doing Um, and and it's 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 God's spirit moving and and so obviously sin can hinder that right Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's something that we have to be sensitive to and 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 making sure that we're walking uh, before the Lord and not grieving the Holy Spirit Um, and so when we say spirit spirit driven spirit led um, in in worship that tends to and and, you know oh uh, yes I guess that that can be really confusing yes yeah you know which which spirit uh, is a good question, I think, in, in a lot of worship services across America. Um, and so when we say sp- spirit-driven, um, that has, it sounds like what you're saying is that has more to do with um, your relationship and yielding to the Holy Spirit from mm-hmm. day to day. So it goes back to that idea of a lifestyle of worship. So that when you're put in a position where you're leading praise or you're guiding people into to a posture of praise, um, that that their lives are also being yielded to the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks so, for clarifying. Yeah, yes. No, sure. <laughs> uh, so what, uh, what are some of the other B's that you've got? Uh, it needs to be truth led. And so mm-hmm. that's important. It needs to, and what that means is obviously based on the word of God and uh, it needs to, it needs to proclaim the truth of, of the word of, of God, the, the truth of scripture. And this is something that I feel like is very common today is I'll hear a song with a great melody yeah. and it's like, but what are we singing about again? Like what's the actual content of this song? I feel like this is a huge issue. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it's like, I can get through the whole song and I love good melodies. I love singable mm-hmm. songs. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, I can't, I don't know what I just sang. Like, what did we just proclaim here? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very empty and devoid of 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 actual tangible truth and and that's where you you really see the value of hymns because they're so rich um in in biblical truth um and and experience and and depth uh in terms of how they're written and and so uh i'm not saying that you can only you should only do hymns but um that's something to be considered because there there are a number of songs that i've come across like man i like this melody but we're actually not singing about anything (laughs) but even if you look through some of the old hymns i find that that there's a lot of you know doctrinal inaccuracy even in some of the hymns Mm -hmm. and so what we're speaking of is is whether a song is simplistic in nature um and, you know, or it meets some sort of pop cultural requirements, you know, radio hits or whatever, or we're talking about old fashioned hymns, what you're saying, the most important thing is, is this reflective of doctrinal truth? Yes. And, and so what that means is, is stopping. And I've, I, you know, I've been guilty of this. Some of the songs that you just have, because everybody else has sang them, you, you start singing them and then you, you stop to think, okay, why, mm-hmm. like what, why am I singing this? And what does this really mean? Uh, and so there, there has to be a, a willingness to, to acknowledge, okay, that's, that's actually wrong. You know, mm-hmm. so we either need to change it or we need to dispense with do the you, song. Do you find yourself changing songs quite a bit? Like, do you change lyrics? To- Sometimes we'll tweak songs, you know, we'll change a word. Um, or something like that. You know, with contemporary songs, we may change a few things. I'm not one for making major overhauls to songs because I feel like at that point we may as well we'd probably put just yeah, as much energy sure. in getting another song. So then, do you advocate, you know, maybe among uh, LFBI students, Living Faith Fellowship churches, um, 
writing our own music you think that's a super important thing that i think that's an important component of it right the mm -hmm. the command of scripture is sing a new song and and if god's given you the ability to do that i think that's something that you should uh continue to work in uh work on and mm -hmm. and and add that to a component of of a, a strong praise and worship ministry um so i think the i think having a good mix is is healthy because mm -hmm. i do feel like there are some hymns that it's like man these are just awesome hymns that we should continue singing uh what we should be writing uh, uh, songs if God's given us that ability as well and still with because even with things that sometimes people have written you still have the same issue of yeah, yeah. you know we have to I know you sure. felt a certain way but <laughs> we have to make this uh, this has to be biblical too yeah. yeah and there's accountability in that process absolutely okay okay so be truth let be submitted right mm, uh, and that's, that's really convenient for you to say well no, <laughs> actually no it's not actually no, okay. well, I mean, in, in the sense that and this is what i mean by that all right the real worship leader obviously is, is jesus christ mm -hmm. but if i'm going to define a hierarchy yeah. it's jesus christ and then it's the senior pastor or the right. pastor of the ministry yeah, that the worship um set is in so i don't get to do to disregard what sam expects of me yeah um because ultimately you know between the two of us he is the worship leader mm -hmm. and so the the songs that i do have to be in line with what his vision is uh and so if you are opposed to your pastor or if the worship leader isn't seeing eye to eye with the senior pastor that's on the worship leader unless the pastor's got some issue of sin that he's asking you to participate in right. uh, my job is to make sure that i am in line with what my pastor expects um and it, it can i i believe it being submitted comes down to even sometimes personal preferences it's been rare that sam has has ever uh, said he didn't like a song. You know, mm -hmm. he gives me a lot of flexibility, but there've been um, a couple songs that I know um, for whatever reason, you know, he, he didn't like, and we don't do them, right. you know, and I just do that out of respect. And I, I think that that's a super important point because I think a lot of times you see in worship ministries, the, the, the worship pastor or worship director having disunity with the pastor. And even times, I mean, I would bet there's a large portion of church splits begin with worship pastors who've gone off the rails. It could be. And and it also manifests in terms of time. Now I'm one that obviously I, I want, you know, the time that I feel like is allotted for the, uh, the worship ministry, but I don't get to, to, well, the spirit led me. Right. And oh, then, yeah. and then go 20 minutes and two, and then the yeah. pet, like, that's unacceptable. Right? right. Uh, and so if we need to cut a song, we need to, to cut a song because again, there, there's the, there's the mission piece. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was really speaking about that, even from the standpoint of the worship leader being submitted to the pastor, but there has to be a chain of command to your point though. Mm -hmm. And here's why. Uh, because a lot of worship ministry in terms of music is subjective. Right. And okay, so you think we should play the intro one way. So-and-so thinks we should play the intro another way. It's more cool this way. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, how do we move forward and get practice done? So, you know, I, I, I like a collaborative environment. People are welcome to share their opinion. But once we say, OK, this is what we're going with, we don't get to throw a tantrum. Um, we just this is what we're going to do. And yeah. we move forward with yeah. it. And so that's the submission piece, too, in the context of the worship ministry. Because at the end of the day, someone has to make a decision yeah. or there won't be a worship set. Or there won't be a set <laughs> or you just get attitudes all night long. Yeah. And, and that's none of that's helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. OK, so, that's, that's really good. All right. So be training others. Right. So that's mm -hmm. the discipleship piece of of investing in others. Uh, and a lot of that training happens, I believe, in our practices and then just giving people opportunities to lead. Um, and so that's why really like at this point, uh, I'm leading maybe twice a month. 
um, mm-hmm. with the choir, but we got, you know, Bustos, he leads. Um, then we got Jeff Gray and now uh, with Rosie uh, and the Fives being back, you know, she's got, um, uh, you know, she does uh, some of that, but I'm, I'm happy to to do that because th- that's how you, that's how you develop leaders. Mm-hmm. You got to give them opportunity to lead. Um the music needs to be accessible and followable, right? And what that means is, is a clear melody. Um, and so... Yeah, that's good. Because a lot of times songs are, are, are hard to sing congregationally is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Songs can be hard to sing congregationally. So clear melody so that people... And you know, I was just talking with um, uh, Brian about this actually, um, maybe even a couple of days ago of, you know, when I introduce a new song, right? By the third time we're doing that song, if I don't see at least 80% of the people engaged in the song, something's wrong, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes it may be as simple as lowering the key. You know, you bring it down a step mm-hmm. or two and then people can engage in it. But uh, worship leaders, this is why eyes open worship leaders, right? <laughs> you yeah. have to see who, so you get this awesome new song and you just want to close your eyes and raise your hand and you have no clue that almost no one's singing with you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, a clear melody, that's more important than style to me. If there's a clear melody, then people should be able to follow along. Regardless of the style. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Uh, and then the last one is just be striving for excellence. So there is a standard of excellence um, that's required to participate in the worship ministry. I believe that that's relative to uh, a lot of factors in terms of the availability of musicians, right? Uh, and the more musicians you have, the, the the more you can raise the bar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, their talent level. And, and the talent that. level. And and I think, you know, our expectation of of what we would accept today has has grown and evolved over the years in terms of ha- us growing as a worship ministry. Yeah. So then what do you say guides uh, a worship leader, a worship pastor's concept of what excellence is? Like wh- what should be the guiding principle beneath that uh, to help them understand what constitutes as excellent in any given situation? So you, the one thing that pops into my head is distraction. Mm-hmm. You want to try, you want to try to remove distraction. So you have a relative talent level with your team and then you have someone who who isn't at that level in terms of even with the faithfulness in mind. And it becomes more of a distraction so that when we're engaged in worship, people aren't focused on worshiping God. They're focused on this individual that can't play the right beat or right. is singing out of tune so that the glory is actually not going to God anymore. Uh, it's this, this thing that is, is, is a major distraction. So mm-hmm. I think that has to be the guiding principle in terms of excellence. And how, what do I know when, uh, when to cut somebody, uh, you, we can be patient, but if it's just an ongoing distraction. Right. And so really that, la- that principle, uh, in terms of excellence goes back to the very first principle because excellence Essentially, it sounds like means um, you're not distracting or stealing the focus away from the glory of God. Absolutely. Oh, man, that's good. Yeah. So and that applies to the AV team, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if if uh, they're, they're the sort of silent heroes or unspoken heroes, right, if they're doing everything right, nobody knows they're there. But then um, if we're making mistakes and people are looking back and and wondering what happened, yeah. why we didn't advance the slide, the spelling, things like that, where it's like, you know, we, we have to be mindful of those things because there's a level at which it does rob God of glory. And I don't want to, like, be dramatic, but right. that's that's the that's the principle behind it. That's good. And I think the, the principles, having just gone through those, they show us about uh, about what we need to be in terms of worship and praise, um, what, what the aims are, but also they teach us what to avoid. And I think that's really beneficial. So Eric, hey man, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll have you back next week in the next episode. 
and uh, talk some more about worship and praise and, and your vision and strategy for, for praise and worship ministry. And we want to thank you for joining us as well. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us on any major podcast platform. You can subscribe, uh, follow along. Uh, if you prefer video, this is also a YouTube series, so you can go over to YouTube and, and you can subscribe there as well. If the conversation today interested you and, and you want to learn more about prayer and worship and praise ministry, uh, we offer classes at the Bible Institute that deal with all of those topics. And so if that's of interest to you or any of the other classes that we offer, uh, they're all available to see. The por- uh, program of study and the course load is all at lfbi.org. And we want to invite you to go check that out. Again, thank you for being with us this week. And we'll see you next week. Bye.